Hey, I'm Alicia Bake. I'm Jen Greenfield. And I'm Jen Tifoni. VO Booth Besties listen to the questions you have. We find pros in the know to help you learn. And connect with our amazing VO community. Welcome, Welcome to, to VO, VO Booth, Booth Besties. Besties. Welcome, everyone, to VO Booth Besties. We are here to help working voice actors get your most important questions answered by industry pros who know. Each week, we have a new topic and a guest speaker who is an expert on that topic. Have you joined our weekly email list? Swing by boothbesties.com and shoot us a message with your email and we'll get you added. If you haven't joined our VO Booth Besties Facebook group, go over and join us there, too. As usual, if you have a question as the interview goes on, simply drop it in the chat and we'll do our best to fit it in. I also want to give a special shout out to our guestie this week, the awesome Shaquana Bell for being our guestie. Thanks, girl. Yeah, no problem. It's it's an honor to be here. Happy to be here. We're glad you're here. All right. So without further ado... And hopefully she's finishing up her audition. A.B., why don't you introduce us to our guest? Absolutely. We are excited to have Lori Allen. Lori Allen is an actor, writer, producer, but is best known for her award-winning voiceover work. She has played the long-running role as Pearl Krabs on SpongeBob SquarePants. She also voiced Diane Simmons on The Family Guy, The Invisible Woman on Fantastic Four, and The Boss in the Metal Gear video game series. She's proud to be a part of the Pixar family as well, voicing characters in Wally, Monsters University, Inside Out, and Bonnie's mom in Toy Story 3 and 4. Lori's on-camera roles include Will and Grace, Ray Donovan, Shameless, Loot with Maya Rudolph, and as young Larry's mom on Curb Your Enthusiasm. On-stage credits include the Pee Wee Herman show, solo show Lori Allen the musical, and the award-winning musical Reefer Madness. So that's a lot. <laughs> Holy moly. Um, if you guys don't, if you guys don't know Lori Allen, you probably did and just didn't realize it. Um, she will be with us. She's texting me. She should be with us here shortly. So um in the oh, meantime, let's get to know Shaquana. Let's do. That's fantastic. Shaquana, you and I actually got to spend some time together with Lori in VO Atlanta. And that was one of the reasons I really wanted you to join us is because you have been coaching, getting into more animation. And, you know, this whole clubhouse is going to be all about voiceover and animation. Why don't you share a little bit about that experience with us? Yeah. So the X session with Lori was incredible. And I was also doing a four week workshop with her at the same time. So I think we got up to the, it was either the third or the fourth session had finished. And then we were just like, oh, see you in Atlanta. And then I got to work with her some more in person. And it was a great experience because I got a whole new group of people to work with, a whole new group of actors. And it was just great to learn from other voice actors as it is in all workshops, which is why while one-on-one coaching is great, the group sessions are even better. Well, she, I have also uh, done the four week coaching with Lori. And for those in the audience who don't know, Lori gets credited with uh, nicknaming me NJ or Naked Jen (laughs) just through that four week uh, course because. It was in the evening and I've got a pool outside. And so I was like, oh, I'll just pop over and, um, you know, I'll go for a quick swim before I come back in without thinking. I just pull on just a strapless sundress because, you know, you're wet. You don't want to like put pants on. Right. You know, so I was just pull this on. Well, anyway, when I sit down to the Zoom call, uh, all you saw was basically um, cha-chas and up. And the minute we (laughs) we start the class, Lori's like, okay, so Naked Jen's going to lead us off uh, with, uh, you know, reading whatever it was first. Anyway, so she gets credited with that. And uh, and with that, Lori, you're here. Unmute yourself on your phone. Uh, sorry. Hi. I've only been unmuting for, you know, three years now. Yay! <laughs> Welcome to the bane of Clubhouse. Like, ugh, the stupid mute button. The stupid Thank- mute button. It's like so sad. Stupid. It is. I mean, it's of course. So stupid. I wish oh I would have thought of Clubhouse because everybody uses it, right? I remember when I when Clubhouse first happened, um, and I remember like having it on by accident and unmuting myself, having a full on conversation. I was like, what the 
what is Clubhouse? It's like to my my fiance was like, are we on the radio? Are we listening to the radio? I'm like, I don't know. I'm not sure, but I'll get back to you. I remember you accidentally. Then when we switched over from the Clubhouse rooms and it went to the clubhouse house and you would just like show up and you're like hey so is something I, happening right now <laughs> i just want to know where the party be at just tell me where the party's at where i'm supposed to be thanks for having me you guys hi you are awesome so Lori, part of our monday night clubhouse slash podcast is we are talking with working voice actors who have questions. And it feels like in the industry, there's a lot of misinformation or you don't get the full answer without, you know, buy my product and, you know, all the other things. And so we love to bring in industry pros who can really, one, who are current in the industry, who are relevant, who have credibility, but it's always wonderful when it's a coach too, because you can offer up both sides of the coin with your experiences. So let's jump in. Um, you are not just a voice actor. You are you are many a things, many a performer. Can you tell us a little bit about some of the other work you do, but then really what led you into VO? Um, I'm a magical unicorn. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I uh, Let's see. I'm an on-camera person. I'm a musical theater junkie. I started off my, I mean, so what I do now, I mean, I do on-camera commercials, on-camera theatrical film, of course, with the strike and all that good fun stuff. Not so much happening there. So grateful for voiceover. That is my first love and passion. My parents um, are voiceover people. And so I think if I'd come home and said, I want to be a lawyer or a doctor mom, they would have been like, I'm, I'm sorry, what? You need to join the circus and get some tap dancing, you know, as a, <clears throat> as a, as a backup. So, um, I've sort of done it all. I mean, you know, I grew up with my, I mean, Diane Simmons is based on my mom. My mom is very much like, oh, you know, good night, Lori. I'll see you at seven. I've packed your lunch, you know, so uh, that's who that's based on. But I, you know, my dad and my mom met in theater school. Then my mom was working at a repertory theater company and she was then a single mom, like raising us. And she would, we didn't have ISDN or Source Connect. And so she would run down to like, uh, I grew up in the outside the DC area and she would run down to the um, news station and be like, you know, Ronald Reagan is dead and then come home and make dinner, you know, or has been shot. Oh, my God. Sorry, that's not how he had, but he'd been shot. Right. So um, that was the first like booth announcer. That's what they called her, you know. And so I got super creative, super early. And I never I is it going to be a bad grammar thing about to happen. But I knew that I would never not do this. That it just wasn't an option. It makes it makes perfect sense, and I imagine every single person down in the audience who is passionate about performing and about voiceover probably says the same thing. And um, it's, it's yeah, but that's you know. So I do it all, and I'm very grateful because I really think that you have to be a well-rounded person, not just figuratively, which I am proud of it. Um, but there is something to be said for having a full rich life, not because you have to bring that work to your work. You got to bring your full self to your, to your work. And it was easier when I first started, it was, it was easier to, to get in and all that kind of stuff. And now, um, now it's a little bit different, but it's still just, just a, equally as important to make sure you are, um, trained in, in all different areas and doing your thing. Like I started writing a bunch of stand up notes. I've done stand up. It's crazy. So I just was like putting in my phone. I was, I made my friends laugh the other night. I was like, ah, oh, great captive audience. You know, so I have like stand up notes. I'm like, leave it to me to go do some stand up open nights and write a whole show before I get married on October 1st. But you know, why not? Love it. Love it. Love it. Well, okay. So then this next question is perfect because you have done all genres of VO. We're, we're trying to kind of focus on animation tonight. How is voicing an animation different than other genres in VO? With animation, you're definitely, not that you're not acting, voice acting. It is voice acting, first of all, first things first. But when you're doing animation, you are in a scene. The microphone just happens to be there catching the catching the experience. Your scene partner is not there, but you're still having a scene. Uh, you're still in a scene. And um, I think the important thing nowadays is the real read, if you will, has has gone over into animation. But animation, you are in a scene 
that is serving the body of a whole larger piece, a, a script of a scripted material of a show. So anyone that's gone, ever watched a sitcom, ever watched a play, you are in that, in essence, <clears throat> excuse me, the tricky thing with animation for your auditions and for um, sometimes even at a session, you know, you're pull, you are, your lines are plucked out of context. Your um, scene is plucked out of context. And like I had a gig, which I wish I could say what it is, but it, I can't. Um, I can't even like cough my way through it. I signed so many NDAs, but my whole scene was completely plucked out of context, which is why everybody needs to have go to acting class because you are basically in a play. You are in a scene. You are in a scene, one of the scenes that's in a whole show. So animation acting is, is that it just, the microphone happens to be there. So if anybody has on camera experience, right, you have live action experience, just pretend the it's just pretend it's the camera. You are talking to someone, same thing, pre-life. What just happened? Who are you talking to? What do you want in the scene? Um, what's the relationship you have with this person? All those things are so important. You're not just in, you're not just telling us that something's on sale or a new ingredient of the salad dressing or where the new Verizon store is, right? You are fully engaged with your full acting self in a scene with other people that may or may not be mentioned in the script or your audition. So that's a little bit of what animation is. So it's not so much about, I have the best, coolest, weirdest voice and I want to do animation because I have really funky, cool, weird voices. That is the wrong reason to get into this business. We all have interesting voices. And if you listen now, so many of the voices of the people on these shows are actually just a very normal voice, if you will, for lack of a better word. It's nothing like, oh, I got it, I should do animation. No, no. That also has its place for sure. I have a lovely client um, who has a very unique sound and like that. It's this high, adorable thing. And she, and she, but she's a wonderful actor. She's a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful actress. And, and um, so, so she'll go far. And so it's not about the sound of your voice. And I want this, you know, voiceover cannot be a means to an end. It's you got to want to do this so badly that you can't do anything else. Unless well, so you you're have throwing, to, me, you you're throwing me a big softball here because my next question is, do you think voiceover and specifically in animation can actually be taught or is it really more inherent to an actor? Great question. Um, hmm, that's a great question. I think that if you are honing your skills as an actor and you can take an improv class, you can even be bold and ballsy and take a stand-up class, right? Not that, because animation, as you know, well, especially video games, they're not ha-ha funny. Nothing is ha-ha funny about most of that genre of of gaming, Right. So are you a good actor? Like I have a gal that was sent to me from her manager and she's awesome. And she is so worried about her voice. And she, I said, can you just focus on the acting? Take your headphones off, hold up a pen. Anyone who's studied with me knows, including some of you gals, like hold this bottle of vitamins that I have on my desk, like hold your scrunchie, hold a Sharpie, be talking to someone, you know? Um, and then I really do think that that then honing in all the crazy voices that are in your head and giving yourself via class yourself, whatever it's got to do to shake yourself silly. Right. And, and give yourself permission and not be a perfectionist that then you can really loosen up to let that acting skill come out. But it is a taught skill. I mean, you have to, I remember when I came to LA, I had, um, back in my day, I remember like they flew me out to be, um, testing a final uh, round of testing for, um, uh, in living color. And I would have been on with JLo and the Wayan brothers and, um, well, a couple of them anyway, cause there's like 7,000 of those hot men. Um, and, and Jim Carrey and all that. And I remember I was like, I'm in the groundlings in New York. I'm hilarious. So I'd already been doing commercials and on camera. And I was like, I'm a shoe in for animation. And I was like, Hey, humble, no humble lady. So it was the perfect thing for me to do class and coaching and then do a class where I was meeting the casting directors and then they got to know me and somebody brought me in and that changed the trajectory. So I hope that answers. It's like a two-sided question. Of course. Yeah. Of course. And there's no right or wrong way to get into this. It's, you know, it's the, there just is, that's the good news, bad news, right? So then you're sort yeah. of for, forced to be like, let me just focus on my craft and my life. And I think that's, and I think that's, that in the end is the best answer you can give. Are there absolutely, um, kind of anomalies, people who just fall into it and find their, sure. But the hard and fast always is you've got to train, you've got to hone your skill and 
So let's keep going. How much, once I've done, I'm doing some coaching, um, how much range, and you kind of, you've touched on this already, but let's keep going. How much range should an actor have in their character arsenal? Like, do do you need to have a dozen accents? um, Or is it more like when you talk about in your commercial work, shades of you, you know what I mean? Correct. Uh, Great question again. Um, Back in my day, again, like my demo is not the one to listen to for an example, because my characters are like insane. And it's played in people's classes as like this antique relic, weird freaking thing. So, um, however, you know, Susan and I, Susan Paglia, who uh, most of folks, a lot of folks here know, and you gals know, um, I, she teaches and does people's demos on all her own, but I don't know, maybe 10 years or so ago, I was like, can I bring some of my coaching clients too? Cause they want to do a demo. And as we found out more and more and more when we're playing them for the agent or just themselves or to get getting feedback from whomever that we don't necessarily need for you to have 7,000 things on there. Because if you think about it, if you just clear your head for a second, your natural instinct is to go, hold on. Like if you go out, I, I rearrange people's demos a lot, right? Because if you go out of the gate with like, there's this one guy who's like, well, 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 I've decided that as this nutty professor, your brain goes, wait, hold, hold on. What does he, what does he sound like? Right? So the first couple, same thing with your commercial should be in your wheelhouse. So the first couple spots on your animation demo should, or if you're doing an audition, the takes should be like, you in parentheses. So your mom voice, or you're sort of like stressed out mom voice. I'll use mine, right? Typecasting or like the sort of lushy, like, Oh my God, those all sound like me. Then I can go into like, let me tell you something, right? Like my cookie character, like my Rosie Perez from, from New York or whatever, or my sorceress, witch. I can do that. Or I can do a badass gaming girl. And then I can go into like my aunt Sylvia, my Jewish grandmother. But the first couple things really need to sound like just little, like do, 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 just a couple of degrees ish away from you. If you come out of the gate with the weird scientist and the lady from another planet, um, with horns, like get, get to those mid to the latter part of your demo. So we can hear what you sound like and, you know, shades of you and then party on from there. Yeah. I love that. So I think the next Once again, this, okay, we didn't even plan this, but this interview is going beautifully. Thank you, Lori, for being such a wonderful (laughs) interviewee. You're just lining it up for me. So when you meet folks or we hear folks who are like, yeah, but I can do 30 different impressions. What do you, what do you say to those folks? I say that's fantastic. There is a place for that for voice matching. There's Ashley Adler, who's a lovely, good friend of mine, um, who's just kicking it. Um, Jess Harnell, who is just a freaking legend. If you can voice match, do it. Fantastic. Tom, there's Daniel Rosen, people, all the guys, Bob Bergen, all those guys who are just absolute legends and are, who are my inspiration. They're my colleagues, but they're just like, I bow down to them. You know, the fact that they can do those, um, those, those kind of voice match and just that, that just, you know, is so easy for them. That's great. But they already have Christopher Walken, um, Sarah, Jessica Parker, Drew Barrymore, uh, blah, 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 blah. So if you can do those, we sort of get, what I love is if you can get a sense of that and bring it into your work, then we go, oh my God, he's got like a cool, oh my God, he's got like this Morgan Freeman vibe or, oh my God, she's got like kind of a vibe. You can be vibey about it, but I, I wouldn't want to hear like dead on impressions unless you're doing an impression voice match reel. And you are that person who can knock out bop, 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 like eight to 10, like, holy crap. You know, she does this Kate Blanchett. Like I think Ashley had to do, and I was like, oh my God, I'm an alto and I can't even get that low. You know, she did a great job. So if you can do that, then I think a whole separate, and people may disagree with me on this one in terms of having a separate reel. I also didn't think you need to have a character reel and an animation reel. It should be an animation reel. If you're really amazing at games, you should also I personally think you can cover your gaming stuff on an animation reel, unless it's wild that you can do all the screaming and battle stuff because it overlaps. So for me, you can put a couple of pieces of your gaming stuff on your animation reel. And if you are a dead ringer for voice match, maybe make a separate thing with that. You can put some of those funny things again, show off near the end, right? But 
not don't lead with that because that's not what agents want or need. That's not what a casting director, if they're going to listen to more than just your audition and they Google around and they listen to your demo, they're, they're going to be, again, they're going to be taken out of what they need. They don't want to hear you doing like, you know, like Sarah Jessica Parker, Sex in the City, like I had to voice match her eons ago. They're like, well, wait a second. We're listening to her for the weird, stressed out mom. You know what I mean? So I hope that's, yeah. No, that's no, helpful. 100%. Well, so, so actually, because you brought that up, let's kind of stay with that for a second. I love the term vibe. I know I got cast once for a job that they were asking for flow from progressive. And as you know, and I'm sure many people down below know, but let's just, let's just go there for a second. They didn't want me to sound like flow. No, they wanted like smart ass, dry wit, kind of that, you know, just, yeah, kind of just straight shooter. And that worked. So let's take that into building characters a little bit. How do you find, like, you already have said it, like, oh, this is my Aunt Sylvia. And this is my, you're not imitating them directly. You are, it's more emulating, bringing characteristics of them to your voice, though. It's correct. There's you. Yeah. There's like an essence or a funny way that, um, like, that's why I always say, like, observe people, listen to your family. You guys know, like, make a cast of characters from people you already know. Then you're not, like, outside of yourself going, oh, my God, how do I how do I get sort of a, a cast of funny people? Well, you already know the weird girl you went to camp with and your in-laws and your what your mom sounds like when she's drunk and, you know, what your, um, you know what I mean? Like, what the mean girl sounded like in high school and what the uptight lady, you know, sounded like when she butted in front of you at Starbucks. Like, we already know all those you know what I mean? Those, those kind of people, they're either in our lives and in your system. It's like, you know, they're already in there. So I think that, um, that like, there's also prototypes, right? So you'll hear like for forever, when I first started, it was like, I had a really like damaged voice from like partying and smoking in college. So I got, you know, for the longest time, it was like Demi Moore, right? That raspy thing, you know? And I remember I had some crazy party audition. I know it's a commercial thing, but it's a good example because now you'll get, um, You'll get, I'll get Alice and Janie, you know, all those kind of things. But with, with animation, even though they're British, you know, I'll sometimes get like Kate Blanchett, Dame Judi Dench, you know, which I'm like, are, are you kidding me? Um, or Zoe, Selda, like just a million different prototypes. So I think it's good to actually know where does your voice lie? Who are my voice prototypes? I think that's really, really important. Like I see on every guy script, Jason Bateman, Jason Bateman, Jason Bateman, Jason, excuse me, Jason Bateman, right? He's so good. So it's like, um, I, you know, if you think about the show Ozark, like how do, how do certain words or phrases get into our pop culture? It's, it's also a large part. Like if you think about clueless, like dude, whatever, you know, as if, and certain shows like Ozark. So, I mean, Ozark is such an amazing show that I've gotten a Ruth Langmore, like for some really intense, like Southern, you know, woman who was like, I'm going to take your face off. You know, I mean, it's amazing. So yes, you want to grab an essence of your Aunt Sylvia, um, something that they may suggest in the specs. And then to that, I say, give them what they want and then give them something totally different, not to be totally different, but because they're just not going to expect that. <clears throat> and I think that's also really wonderful. And and when you're making your cast of characters, it doesn't have to be uh, women, for example. So like, I always give this example when Arnold Schwarzenegger was, was our governor of California. I had some audition and ultimately booked the job where I had to be like this lesbian gym teacher. And she was of like a uh, generic Middle Eastern, you know, so I was like, ladies, get down and give me 20. Uh, I need to see you. Do, you know, it was just the most ridiculous voice. No one knew I was doing a bad female Arnold Schwarzenegger impression, but it it made me laugh. So I took an essence of him. I find it fascinating that Drew Barrymore talks out of the side of her mouth. So like she could, but like a guy could use that and be kind of a drunk professor. I mean, you can take an essence, a physical um, way that they move their, uh, Christopher Walken, I, a female could do Christopher Walken and she could just uh, be a dumb teacher. She could be a, you know, she could be a creature. It doesn't matter. Just pull on a celebrity, an accent that you do well or you don't do well. So just have inspiration and keep those, you know, written down, keep them in your head, keep them in a folder, keep them by your booth. And if they tickle you, they're going to grab something. There's some reason why you like to imitate that voice. Like when we were little, we all, you know, 
performed for our, you know, families in the living room kind of thing. So whatever sort of tickles you, it's going to, it's, we're going to like it, even if it's serious. So even if you can't take those gaming auditions with a straight face and you're like, I'm being a tough bitch, you know, then, then grab it from some character, listen to something, you know, by the way, gaming stuff is great to go to YouTube and just put in, um, cut scenes. So, you know, you can just be like a badass bitch. Um, and you're always playing a character. So if you can't get in, that goes with anything. If you're not in the mood to do a certain character, then just know you're just for, just for today, I would say you can be a badass for 20 minutes, right? You can do anything for 20 minutes. So you can listen to anyone that's going to be a good inspiration and, um, pull something from the way they speak, how they, how they talk to other people, um, their laugh, how a character laughs is a telltale sign. Um, I love, I mean, I, I, I love the way Mary Tyler Moore laughs. I, I, she was like, Oh, Rob, you know, this is, I'm dating myself. Right. But, um, I love the way she laughs. And so I also use her laugh as a vocal warm up because it actually, oh, right? So I was doing that for this audition for this character on Doc McStuffins, and the character had to obsessively, it's like Gloria the Gorilla. So I just took like Mary Tyler Moore's laugh on the Mary Tyler Moore show from when I was a kid, upped that up like on steroids, and I played this <laughs> laughing gorilla. So take your essences, your vibes from wherever you can get them. So before we hit the half hour mark, oh my gosh, this is, you have been amazing um, and time is flying. So one of the things that I know many folks do and it's instinctive and so this will, and I, and you'll know what I'm talking about as soon as I say it, is we have a tendency as adults when we're developing characters. One of the things I noticed that you just did is throughout all of that discussion Anything you shared was still in your register. It was still in your home base. And what instinctively people will do if you're like, okay, so what's your character? Well, I'm just going to go up here. And it goes to this super generic child. And it's not even childlike because name one child who <laughs> speaks like that, right? So, so what do you say to the folks? Like, you don't have to always have a child character. You don't always have to have that high-pitched kid well, voice either. two things. They're going to hire E.G. Daly or, uh, for, for females or Tara or Kari Walgreen, and they're, or they're going to hire real children. So that just answers that. Like, I, I don't really – and, like, um, who was it? That's uh, a client recently. And she can only do – or my this lovely gal whose demo I'm going to do, and she also has that voice. And she was like, I should put a young mom on there. I'm like, you don't sound like a young mom. You sound like you're like, and you're on helium. And the she doesn't sound like that. So there's no reason for us to put some badass thing except near the end to impress them. But someone who naturally talks kind of like this, who has that voice – that she actually can do like ladies. I said, get down on my five. We're going to take that. You're like, what? That's Jessica. No way. Right. So, um, again, you can have a little couple show off things near the end, but there is no reason that everyone's like, I have to have a wicked witch. I have to do a British accent. I have to do no, 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 and no. Cause we're not going to believe you. And that's not what's called for. And it's not just a place to show off. Your reel is not just like, look at me, look at me. It's to, do what you do best with little flavors and little smatterings and all that kind of stuff in it. So that we're like, damn, she's good. He's great. We don't need to go to far away places. Your acting does, but your voice does not. Cause we need to keep you still believable. Right? It can't be just so, yeah, so crazy. Well, real quick, Shaquana, we're at 30 minutes. Will you do our reset real quick? Of course. So I, I know I'm not the only one, but I can't believe we're already at the halfway mark. So let's do a quick room reset. If you've just joined us, we are VO Booth Besties. Our goal is to help working voice actors get their most important questions answered by industry pros who know. Tonight, we're discussing voiceover and animation with the incredible Lori Allen. Back to you, Jen. Thank you so much. All right, AB, I know we've got some questions and I know you've got some questions. You want to jump in here? I do. I have some questions. I don't actually see any questions in the chat. So y'all got to step up. I need, to see, I need to see some questions. And uh, we love hearing everything Lori has to say. Um, I could listen to her talk about this all day. And I'm not even 
really an animation person. And I always say that, but then I did some coaching with someone a little while ago and they said, um, stop telling yourself stories about what you're not capable of Mm -hmm. and start accepting that you might be able to do things you didn't think that you were able. So what, what do you, Lori Allen say to the people who go, Oh, I don't do animation. Do you say, fine, don't, don't stay out of my ballpark or Hey, you don't know, maybe you could. Um, two things. If you don't really love it, don't do it because the market is saturated. That is, I would be doing myself and everyone else a disservice. Um, if you don't, if you're like, eh, if you really love it and you're scared shirtless, then, um, do it anyway. Right. But the, but first things first, I can't stress it enough. Don't do your demo as a means to an end. There's this Brian Cranston quote that I know a lot of people, I know you guys have read it to you guys, um, and I'm going to read it again from my computer because it's awesome. And um, so the answer is yes. If you're having fun with your voices, you just never know um, who's going to be listening. And you also have to remember that each time you audition, I mean, I know we know this, and I have to remember this for my audition that I'm going to do as soon as we get off this call, this clubhouse, um, which is that... Every time you're doing an audition, you're basically auditioning for a bunch of other things. And that's so cliche. And every casting director and every person says that, but it's true. You know, I finally got cast like years later with a really good friend of mine. And she's like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I'm finally able to cast you. She's like, we listen to audition. We listen to auditions. But anyway, to, to the point more specifically, yes, if you if you can find it in your heart to be fiercely ridiculous and wildly inappropriate and play and you are a good actor and you've taken an improv class, then yes. I love it. And I still want to read this Brian Cranston quote. Oh yeah. Hang on real quick. So Shaquana, I do want you to jump in here because you, you shared with me that you, you get a little get inside of your head some too. So do you feel like working with Lori or testing out animation and challenging yourself do you think that was a good um, path for you? Yeah, I, I think so. My goal this year and now for the rest of my life is anything that makes me uncomfortable Do to it. make it a comfortable thing. Yeah. So it's like get comfortable with being uncomfortable is basically the plan. Absolutely. So with animation, I, I do a lot of like corporate narration. So I'm kind of like all business back straight. Here's the info. But I want to do animation because it's so much fun. So in the beginning, I was a little stiff. And then the more I did it, the more fun I was having. The more fun I was having in real life, the more fun I was having behind the mic. So I think that makes all the difference is to make sure that you're having fun and don't overthink it because I I am an overthinker. But when you get I behind that mic, that, didn't I? <laughs> you did, you did. And one of the, the biggest takeaways from working with, with Lori was each line is its own thought. So make it different. When we say one one line, the next line doesn't sound exactly the same. So you have to do that in animation. And I yeah, had to he, keep that in mind. And that also helps with the play. Yeah, because you're in a place. So sometimes we're like, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. It's so good to be with you guys. And then the next line is like, oh, my gosh, this has been such a meaningful time together with you guys. We don't all talk as the evil witch the entire time. Sometimes she's going to be very conniving. And sometimes she's going to be very still and powerful. So if we think level change, level change level change. Like it's almost like anybody that's had musical training. It's like metronome, metronome. You're not just going to change to change, but we just naturally do that as opposed to, I have this voice and I'm going to stay in voice. No, I'm not going to stay like in this character voice the whole time because then we just kind of check out. We can tell you're not a good actor and we're not, and we can tell you're not having any fun and we can tell that you're actually just kind of, you're, you're not, you're not having fun and you're not yeah inhabiting the character. So, um, so, yeah, I think that the the way to to really loosen yourself up is, can you take the headphones off? Can you do, I know a lot of people have different theories about this. I prefer to take the headphones off because you got to put them back on to edit. Um, and you want to make sure you didn't pee pop or something crazy. But I prefer, for me personally, to do the whole take all the way through. The whole take all the way through. Um, I, that is my, because otherwise you overthink. I do. I overthink, overthink, mm-hmm. overthink. Take your headphones off. Act. Talk yourself, have the other person be talking in between. You can edit your mumbling of, you know, Jack the Beanstalk climber, dude. I don't know what I'm saying, but that person edit out. 
because otherwise you're thinking, 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 you're piecing together, piecing together. How are you having an organic performance? You can go back and do a whole take two, or you can do a pickup because you're like, how in the hell am I supposed to say Scottish? Blah, 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 right? We always get tongue twistery things um, like what I just did just now, right? So you're going to have to go back and do like maybe a little pickup and you can do like a take one, two, three on that. Don't overthink it. Be a good actor. Who are you talking to? Talk like how that character would talk. And then you can go back and, and figure out what take. If you're on take five, you've gone too far. Get in there, do the work. What did that character have for breakfast this morning? Who are they talking to? Are they hungry? Are they tired? Are they um, adding on an emotion is always really helpful. So for my, I've given this example a hundred thousand times, but let's say it's like an evil queen and her first line, right? Is she sees this uh, prince trying to scale the castle wall to get to her daughter who's she's just locked up sort of like Rapunzel. And if she says, over my dead body, Sir Lancelot, are you going to get to my daughter? Well, that's boring. Everyone else is going to do that, right? So you can add on an emotion that maybe she's going to be vindictive or she's going to be <laughs> condescending or emasculating. And we want to see the action. So I, I'm interested, as is the casting director, the producer, anyone listening to it, of perhaps that queen character seeing him. <gasps> oh! Oh. <laughs> oh, there you are having a little improv, a vocalization at the top over my dead body. Will you ever get to my daughter? There's three things that just happened in that one line. There's three things. There's four things. I saw him, five things. I saw him. I laughed, emasculated him. I condescended to him. I called over. So I had a broader voice. Then I brought it in to like emasculate the crap out of him. And then I threatened him. So there's a, but there's a lot that can go on in one line that should be going on before, during, and after effort noises don't happen before or after they happen throughout, et cetera. So talk to us about, let's stay there for a second, improv versus efforts. And then is there a time and place for either, both, always, sometimes? Sure. I think um, for me, like just now I had to come in and do, that's why I was a little late because I had to come in and redo a promo and I had to add a little Southern accent to something. And so I was like, oh my God, he is so handsome. Oh my God, I hate to admit that I actually really like Blake Shelton. Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. <gasps> Ladies and gentlemen, right? So I can giggle myself, curse myself, talk to another person to find my point of view. I can talk myself in and then naturally there might be a little like, oh, <laughs> it can be just a vocalization, right? So if it's a little kid at school um, and she's like, like she's the mean girl and she's trying to talk to other mean, you know, this like girl that's new to school she, and her first line is like, <laughs> over my dead body, you guys, are you going to audition for the cheer squad? What if she's like, you know, if she's like, um, yeah, over my dead body, right? So you can have an improv no, the writer does not want you to rewrite something. They're going to be like, and next they're going to delete your thing. If you're just, so don't improvise to just be clever. Nobody needs that. And that's obnoxious and that's inappropriate. But I think if, a, if a, especially a vocalization in, in animation, um, and you also have to reset in between each line, Susan, Susan Pallio, who, again, who I work with for folks demo really helps a lot. That helps me because you can't carry that same energy into the next line. You got to kind of reset. Who am I talking to? What's my pre-life? What are my levels going to be uh, in this next line? So each line is its own separate life. So you can improvise your way in and naturally, organically, you will find an improv. And if it's a line where it's it's an effort and the first thing is like, you know, get down from there. You know, we're being watched. The, the, I'm making this, just, I'm terrible what I'm doing right now. But like, you know, get down from there. Um, we're being watched. You know, if, if we don't get to safety, we're, we're, we're goners or whatever. That's bad game writing, but you know what I mean? You can have a, yeah, get down from there. There has to be a pre-life and it's going to come through, through an effort noise. And if I'm bringing Shaquana to safety, I'm not going to be like, I'll be, you know, I'm going to be panting. If I'm like, I said, just come on, you can do it. You can do it. Come on. Oh, yeah. No. Oh my God. No. I mean, so I can't just be like, you can do it. Come to safety. Ugh. That doesn't sound right. It doesn't sound right. And that just shows I'm a really crappy actor. Right. So if I'm getting her to safety and if the and if it says that she can um, if it says that she's, you know, I, I can't I have such a pet peeve when actors are too afraid or too lazy. It's really just too afraid to stay committed. If the character is like, ah, you know, 
you got to do that scream all the way through. If she's falling, you have to commit to that. It can't be like, ah, right? You can't. You have to have the energy throughout the whole line, right? And then we're going to be captivated. We got to go on that acting journey with you. Pretend you're on camera. You wouldn't just fall off a cliff and then, ah, the director would make you be like, yeah. And you know, you can even have some recovery noises, right? So if you're getting shot at and then your line happens, you can be like, yeah. Ken, so good to see you again. We were lovers in another life. And, you know, and then your side still hurts because it's ripped open with a bullet or, you know, shrapnel or whatever. So you have to be mindful of all those things that would then have the vocalizations and improvs be organic. I hope that makes sense. So we did get a few questions in the chat. And yes, I've, I, I'm, answering for Jen, but I felt like your question, your answer to that question was beautiful. And I feel like I've learned so much. And what's interesting is the more you talk, the more I realize how relevant um, a lot of this training, even if you're not interested in animation and working in animation is for all aspects of voiceover, right? Like there's so many great tips that you're giving for getting into character and knowing where you are and what you ate for breakfast and all those things that the, that could be applied to a ton of different aspects of voiceover. I mean, you could even pull it into corporate narration. Like if you're the boss and you're talking to your employees and are you in a bad mood because you didn't get that morning? I just had a gal, a wonderful, talented lady. Um, she, we had some coaching sessions and she's like, can I use one of them to just for my audition? I was like, oh God, yes, that's great. Yes, let's please. That's awesome, right? So it was for medical narration. It was about a drug, about I think it was for like eczema or something like that. And that it really um, deals with the symptoms and not just the cause or whatever. I don't know. And I said, you're just doing something generic. And P.S. We're so focused on this real read. This one said strong, assertive. So I was like, oh, my gosh, we can actually these days go back to strong and assertive. And another tangent on a tangent, since we're all streaming shows, go back and listen to network television because things are a little bit higher energy. They're like real read higher energy, like what I'm doing right now. Like, oh my gosh, Home Depot, you guys, it's summary, right? Before, like for the past two years, it was like Home Depot now in sale, right? But now it's like the real, the high energy or higher energy real read. So, yes. but going back to her, um, her drug read, her narration, drug pharmaceutical thing. Um, I said to her, I it didn't say to her, but I've said to another client, do you have a blazer? Can you go put on a blazer and put on some glasses? You are so busy with that real read. You're not sounding. Um, I said, you're an expert here. Can you add on the emotion of expert? Or as Mary Lynn Wisner says, you know, can you imagine yourself in a lab coat? And can you imagine yourself knowing more than the person you're talking to? So I said, can you be talking? You're the pharmaceutical rep. It was clear that that was actually the case. Um, ish, right? Or if they're watching a video that that's the situation that there would be other medical professionals. So for example, I said, be talking to them. And I said, let's raise the acting stakes. Maybe you have eczema, you have this condition and it's worked for you. So that's why you're so adamant. And that's why the stakes are higher. So you're like, guys, listen to this. This actually works. So when you're talking about this thing, that can be how you get to that sort of more authoritative place and a genuine way. This has worked for me. I can't believe it. Out of all the stuff that I've tried, boom, then begin your actual line. So yes, it absolutely a thousand percent applies to every genre. A voiceover. Awesome. Okay. So first question from the chat from Mikey O'Connor. He says, how long do you recommend a character demo be for agent submissions? The link. Hi, Mikey. <laughs> Hi, Mikey. Um, huh. That's a great question. Some people would probably disagree with me, but you know, everyone says that your commercial demo could be a minute or a little longer. I personally, this is me personally. Um, I think it's okay, more than okay, and actually somewhat necessary because we need to hear that you can carry a scene a little bit. So no one wants, no one wants that funny uptight boy, or no one wants to hear my Kate Blanchett impression. And then on, something's got to be happening in your demo, right? The scene has to be actually happening in real life. That's what's going to make people listen and want to cast you because it's going to go back to the basics that shows you're a good actor. So for me, I think you can do a minute 30 easily. That's just my opinion. I know people would disagree with me, but that's how I feel about it. I That's great advice. Um, then we have fan question. What was <laughs> it like to work with Larry David, David on Curb? You were amazing. Oh, thank you. Hold that on. That was Katharina Surtees. 
Um, hold on. I'm answering a text. Uh, hold on <laughs> about a job. Hold on. I might've just booked this and I just auditioned for, um, uh, okay. Sorry about that. So he was very, okay. So the audition was during the pandemic. It was very interesting because, uh, at first everybody was just having, if you were lucky enough to have a roommate or a spouse or a child or whatever, you would read with that person and you're like, oh my gosh, the role of my daughter is being played by my husband. You know, no one cares if it's an opposite sex read or whatever for on camera. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. So basically he wasn't around. So I had my, my dear friend and his boyfriend come over. We're all masked up. I took my mask off at the last second and I did something out of the box, but without being obnoxious. Right. So the scene is she's a Jewish mother at, at, a, at, a, at, a, at a dinner table. So I actually, I didn't stand up and do act it out like it was a, a, a real on camera scene in a play or a TV show or whatever. But I basically sat down into the scene and you could see just from, you know, like boobs up, you could see that um, I was putting out food for the people at the table and I had them each, you know, my, your eye line can't be too far off. So I said, if you're going to be playing like uncle Saul, put your right hand up. I mean, there's a whole lot of choreography that goes into a, a, an on camera self tape. Then when uncle Saul gets up, don't, raise your hand really high, just raise it this way. So my eyeline knows to look up a little bit. So the audition process was fascinating and I could use my frustration. That goes to any voiceover thing, by the way. If you're tired, if you're hungry, if this thing is last minute and you're worried about getting on your clubhouse on the last minute and you think that this is, I need lip gloss. It's no, it's on clubhouse. Whatever's going on in your real life, use it. It was so frustrating to do this thing. So I used it. That also goes to when you're in the session or on set. I was like, holy shit, there's Larry David. Wow, cool, neat. There's Ted Danson. Wow, right? So I got to use that. I got to improvise. It's a good thing. We all know how to improvise. I cannot stress that highly enough, right? And it's fun. So it was really fun to work with him because he, to watch him be producer, actor, writer, um, and then, then stand before me. And I just, he, he sort of, you know, waved, acknowledged me or whatever. And then he took his mask off and then we were able to, um, start. And then all of a sudden he was just really present. And I got to improvise about the fact that we were with the Jews for Jesus, a fellow actor. And I was like, he's just making me wildly uncomfortable. He's putting stuff in my purse about pamphlets about Jesus. And oh my God. So then, and then the scene stopped. Right. And then he's very professional. So he's going on and on onto the next thing rather. And I got to also learn that like, you know, nobody's there to coddle me. Like I'm there to do a job and get out. Right. So that was good. It was very nice that, that Ted Danson was very, very nice. And I got to improvise and I said, is it okay if I say something here? There was a scene, it's not a, a spoiler alert because it already is on the air, but there was a scene where Larry David's character, Larry gets himself, gets so upset about something that he ropes off the chair. Cause he's like, I don't want anybody sitting in my damn chair. And so we all had to walk by and just quietly and curb your enthusiasm fashion, just give him this like obnoxious look like seriously. And as I'm walking, Ted Danson improvised you know what? Nobody likes a roper. And I, I bumped into something and it was so funny to me at that time, just his face that I bumped into something and screamed. And then I started laughing and I ruined the take like 42 times. I was like, I'm so sorry. And then at the very end, because of COVID too, they get you off that set so fast. And then at the very end, I was like, Larry, since I'm your mother, I, you know, you find a nice way to, to get a selfie, better get a selfie before you leave. Right. Got to be a, a non-obnoxious schmoozy person because that's obnoxious as I'll get out. I know from being on sort of both sides of things, you know. And so I just said, since I am your mother and since it's my last day, can I get a quick picture with you? It would be my honor. And he goes, what? You're leaving. What are, what are you talking about? You're, you're not back. To, she, well, she's not here. She's hilarious. Oh, my God. So he whips his mask off again. We take a selfie and off he went. So that was my experience. It was really fun. I had a lot of autonomy and I wasn't obnoxious. You know, I asked if I could add a line. Um, because you make the, when you can improvise PS, you make the client, you make the show, you make the casting director look good. You make them look good. And that's what you want. Cause they'll call you back again and again and again. And Jeff Garland took me aside and he said, you are funny. He said, you did a great job today. And I was like, oh my God, They're coming from you. That's holy crap. You know? So <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I love it. Okay. So next big question. And I think that this one is one that everybody everybody wants to know. Um, commercial jobs seem readily available. 
and uh, especially on pay to place. But it seems like animation and video games are more rare. Uh, what is the best pathway to get auditions for these roles? Um, well, is to also one of the ways that a dear friend of mine was reminding me as she's just signing with a really good high profile agency um, and they take their time as they do with bringing you into animation. Um, that's just part of the, that's just the nature of the beast, right? Um, to take a lot of really cool workshops where you can meet these animation casting people because they will recommend you when you do have an audition um, or if you're doing, you know, there's so many more things like you're, um, for example, you know, if you're putting some voice samples on your website or on your pay for play sites, you can um, don't use your current auditions. That's not okay. That's not cool. But you can have your voice. Um, you can be doing some of your character stuff and having it up there so that when somebody does go to Google around and look at you, right, that they can they can find you easily. But I definitely recommend really jumping in to like, um, you know, Mary Lynn Westner's got Meet the Pros. They're all over the place. Voice, I mean, I, I can't even can't even name them, and that's not the purpose of this part right now. But to take workshops with these people, and also don't be obnoxious, but just say, you know, what's the best way to stay in touch with you? Would it be cool if I um, could I send you my demo? That'd be awesome. Thank you so much. Don't ask them tons of questions. Don't hand your card. I have such a pet peeve in terms of marketing. It's like you got to find that sweet spot, right? So when you're taking these workshops with these people, they remember you. They will bring you back. That's a, I, I, I can assure you of that. If you are an easy person to be, you can just tell. You know what I mean? When someone's like, oh, that was a great workshop. Is it okay if I just give you my car? Calm down. You know what I mean? Like, calm down. But that's right. First things first, I really do believe that to take a class where you're in a position to meet someone, do the one-off workshops, and just know that over time, you will build relationships with these people. Are most of the animation gigs SAG only right now? Well, not not only, but primarily? Um, as you know, I'm a big proponent yep. of a union member for all sorts of reasons. My mom was the SAG after president in Washington, so I grew up, you know, union blood. Um, but I totally understand. And, and it's just different now. You, you were just, you just became union. So I totally get it. I get it a thousand percent, right? Um so the answer to that is I've coached a million people on a lot of non-union animation jobs. So the answer is there's plenty of opportunities, Okay, um, which is all the more reason why your demo and anything you have online anywhere, you have one chance to make a first impression, one chance in person, online, your demo, right? You have one chance. So don't blow it. Be ready. If you don't think you're ready, then you're not ready, Right. So um, I hope that's helpful. Yeah, I'm that's sorry. great. I'm talking too much. I'm sorry. You're not. We love it. <laughs> okay, good. Sometimes, sometimes people talk and we're like, I need to get a word in. But when you're talking, I'm just like, keep talking. It's fine. Uh, but I do want to get to, before we close, because we're getting close to the hour, but we started a little bit late, so we can go a little bit later. Um, Terry said that he um, he wants to know about mic technique when you're doing the heightened animation read. And this was actually one of my questions as well. I, I don't do a ton of this, but I did a character read this morning and I had to do an evil laugh, right? And I'm like, I can't stop in the middle of my read and turn down the gain or turn up the gain. Or, and I'm like backing away from the mic, but then the laugh sounds really far away. Like, what are the tips and tricks when you're doing those louder places and then you're doing softer places all in the same read? Um, be a good actor, 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 be a good actor. And if you're yelling, back the hell up for a second and turn your face to the side. If you're going to say like, you know, Peter Pumpkin had a peck of pickle pet, whatever the hell that warm up is, then you're going to turn slightly so that your pee popping is not, you know, know your microphone. First of all, know your microphone. Is it a directional microphone? Right. So know the, what microphone has Google it. Ask George Whittem, who's like my um, my dear, dear friend. And I, I, I love him so much um, because, you know, understand where your microphone is coming at, at you. Like I have a Sennheiser. I've always had that microphone from the beginning. Um because I was in a play and I was just too lazy to go into my agent's office back when you did that in like 1999 or maybe 2000 or 2001. So I've always had the good mic because <laughs> there wasn't a lot of other options, right? So know your mic and, you know, you, 
you you can back up a little bit, but you still have to stay present, right? So that's also what you can learn and and think about in class and work on that. Work on that with your coach, whether it's me or somebody else. Um, and if you're doing like you have to check it and make sure you haven't like spiked something. Like I did this great audition and I had to uh, scream my brains out. And I also, P.S. Know your voice. I often turn a lot of those down because I personally am not the best screamer. So don't ever audition with something you could never sustain for God willing a season. Don't do it ever. Not just this one time because you'll book it <laughs> and you're going to have vocal surgery. So don't ever do it. I've been there, done that. Mm-mm, not pretty. But I went back and I listened to it because I'm trying to record more with my cans off. And I was like, shit, I, I, um, it, it just spiked. It was too, it was just too hot. And I was like, dang it. So I did a whole other pass and then I got to use my frustration and it was perfect. And I just sort of, ba- I turned my face to the right and I backed off just a little bit, but I, I plugged even more into my acting. I hope that's helpful. Yeah, that's great. I mean, really backing off the mic and, um, knowing your voice and, and I know your microphone, know yes. your mic. Um, and do all sorts of tests and trials, get out scripts, make up scripts, you know, do source, connect with each other, record it, listen to it, you know, know your get like every time I do Pearl, they're like, whoa, okay, let's turn her mic, you know, turn, turn your gain down by like four to the left. Yeah. I can't help it. It's just naturally loud. You know, I can't do, I can't do that character. I'm not trying to be loud. It's just, that's what that character is after 21, 22 years and still going. We have a rap party tomorrow night for or Thursday night for the Patrick Starr show, our derivative, two of our derivative SpongeBob shows. Fine. So it's like, I can't help it. That character is loud. You know, okay. the, more intimate, the more intimate stuff, if you're doing a fight scene and she's a badass or you're making sure that one of your characters, because not all characters are like this. Like, let's say it's like the bitchy cheerleader. There's going to be one part where she's in that girl's face and she is talking to her. I'm going to let you smell my breath for the rest of my Lights, right? Then <laughs> be on, eat that mic in that part of the scene. So you're finding those levels within the little mini scene, which is the line, as Shaquana was talking about. Awesome. All right. Well, we have made it to an hour. NJ, you want to, or I think Shaquana, you're going to take us, you're going to well, take us into we, the. Yeah. Before we go to the questions, I we, we missed it earlier. Lori, I wanted you to share your Brian Cranston. Oh, uh, oh yes. quote, because that's your favorite. Um, I'd love for you to share that and kind of why it means something to you, where it came from. Yeah, there's there's two last things. Thank you so much, ladies. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in and for having me. Um, you can always find me at laurieallen.com or coach me at laurieallen.com. And um, Charlie Adler, my mentor, said, you know, F them, there is no them. Because when we're trying so hard to be like so-and-so, nobody can be like Tara Strong. Nobody can be like Tom Kinney. So why try to emulate them unless you're being asked to do a voice match or they like the essence of Jason Bateman, all the things we've talked about, right? So do you, boo, because there ain't nobody like you. And if you're trying so hard, then you're obviously not in the scene. So do you do it all the way through. You can go back and do it a second or third time. And trust me, if you're on take five, you've been in there too long. So do you do it the best, the best that you got for that day. And sometimes you're going to, sometimes I give you as of right now, the permission to do a really crappy job because some days you just don't have it in you for whatever reason, right? Somebody just got diagnosed with COVID. You just throw your back out. Your kids are screaming, like just do your best and just bless that door, bless that microphone as you walk into your space and then bless it and get out, go make dinner, go for a walk. Okay. So there's that. This Brian Cranston quote changed everything. Of course you should set a goal. Like when Shaquana said, you know, this year, I'm just going to make sure that I, I really go for it. And I have my animation goals, right? Of course you should be manifesting things. You should be taking workshops. Duh. Of course you should be building all those relationships and have goals, um, and be submitting your stuff left, right, and front and center. The spiritual part and the part that if I'm getting all woo woo about it, right. Been in LA and in therapy too long, you have to turn it over you have to surrender part of the, it is show business, but if you're so focused on the business, A, you're, again, you're not in your craft and you're not in your body and you're not bringing anything authentically you to any of this. So he was asked, I can't remember if it was about breaking bad, but something about, you know, not what could you say to your younger self, like your 20 year old self, but like, when did it shift for him? What was something, what was a part of his life or something that shifted? And he said, and I quote about auditioning. I was going to give something. I wasn't there to get a job. I was there to do a job. Simple as that. I was there to give a performance. If I attached to the outcome, I was setting myself up to expect and thus to fail. 
My job was to focus on character. My job was to be interesting. My job was to be compelling, take some chances, serve the text, enjoy the process. There was there was to this is this is it guys there was to be no predicting or manip, or manipulating no thinking of the outcome outcome was irrelevant i couldn't afford any longer to approach my work as a means to an end do you get out make dinner seriously do all your marketing stuff when you got to do it but be an actor when it's time to be an actor be an actor perfect shaquana do you want to go ahead and take us out there Yes. So, Lori, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, I, I went to a concert one time and it was it was over. They the, the, the group left the stage and the crowd was going one more song, one more. Song. They kept going, kept going until they came back out and did one more song. And I wish we could do that with you. Like one more question, uh, one more question. <laughs> I'm happy but to before you, if you Before can, you go, like, I okay. actually. Before you go, I actually do have three more questions for you. And we're going to, these are our for fun questions and we're mm-hmm. going to do them a little James, James Lipton style. Okay. So uh-huh. first question, what singer band or composer are you enjoying right now? Uh, well, I was about to say, who's your favorite. And I was, I was going to say Prince always forever before, during, after my lifetime, the next lifetime, Prince, 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 Stevie wonder, <laughs> um, but somebody more current um, that I'm really loving and why um, Jean-Baptiste, I love like when he came out with Freedom. And I know that's like old school. Jean-Baptiste, for those of you who don't know, he was um, actually the pianist for Stephen Colbert's show. Um, and he mm-hmm. is phenomenal. And <laughs> they used, oh, here's an interesting tie-in. And I'm going to get it wrong. But they used Jean-Baptiste's um piano playing his fingering to guide the animators to do uh come on uh, soul soul i knew it yes that's it and so yes. those what you see is is john pet is is he, john he's, he's the great example he always sounds like him but he is so incredibly versatile so you cannot mistake that it's him. He's a wonder, and he uses all sides of him. Like that song that won the Grammy that he performed, Freedom, you know. I gotta move my body like this, Freedom. I hear a song that brings me back. And then he's got this one song on that album where he sings, I hear skies blue, and it's just plunk, plunk, plunk on the piano, and you just stop what you're doing, and your whole body has like goosebumps. Um, I mean, I'm obsessed with Billie Eilish too, for all sorts of reasons. So I love her. I'm a plant-based person. She's the shit. Sorry. Curse. Woohoo. <laughs> all right. Next question. What podcast have you been listening to lately? I can't help but listen to smart list. Those guys crack me up. Um, and what else have I been listening to? Um, I was listening to smart. Oh God, I have to almost look at my phone. Um, I went back and listened to the first episode out of sheer curiosity of, uh, uh, cereal. Remember the one podcasts were first coming out. Was it cereal? No, that's not even the name. What's based on the book were those, what is it called? Wanted somebody has to chime in. Um, I can't remember, but it was about these murders that actually happened here in LA and it's so creepy and it's so weird. Um, I just love, listening to anything also about, um, about mental health. You know, I really love it. I love, um, I love Brooke Shields. I love that she talks a lot about mental health. I just, I love her. Her documentary is amazing. And she talks about surviving and thriving in this business and what she went through was unbelievable. Um, I really like uh, anything that's going to inspire me as an artist, but also from people's real experience. So anybody that's going to be talking about mental health and in terms of acting, BGB Studios is where I went back for on camera. They have a gr- they have a great podcast, very inspiring, something wildly different and how to approach your work from an organic, spiritual way. Um, I recommend that highly. All right. Last question. What is your favorite dessert? Mm. Uh, vegan flourless chocolate cake from Sun Cafe um, or Daily Harvest, which is a, a vegan food delivery. They have, um, you know, a lot of the, 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 um, 
dairy-free desserts and stuff like that are just so sweet. They're just like, oh, you can like take yes. all the, ugh, all the fake sugar substitutes, but they have, I, I really should, I, I'm not plugging them at all. I wish I could be their, their spokesperson, but they have um, something, they call it scoops. And it's just like almond milk and whatever, but it's so light. And it reminds me when I did have dairy back in the day, you know, Baskin Robbins mint chocolate chip. That's my favorite. And it tastes just like that. And it's awesome. Delish. <laughs> All right. Well, we thank you again, Lori, for joining us. This oh, was thanks for amazing. Having me. I mean, our chat has blown up. I know. I haven't even had a chance to look. Oh, my yeah. God. So you've sorry, got a lot of you've got a lot of fans. Um, the good news is this turns into a podcast afterwards, so you're able to share this interview with your people. We'll share it with ours, and we'll spread the word and spread the love. We want to remind everyone that Vo Booth Besties is live two days a week. We invite you to join us again Monday nights at 5 p.m. Pacific, and on Thursdays for our Vo 101 series, we're there at 10 a.m. Pacific. Ab. Meanwhile, be sure to connect with each of us on LinkedIn and join the VO Booth Besties Facebook group. We love talking to you in the Facebook group. So replays are all available on our website, boothbesties.com. You can find them on YouTube podcasts or anywhere you find your favorite podcasts, we think. Be sure to share your comments, like, and subscribe. They Those likes and subscribes really do help us spread the reach. So sign up for the VO Booth Besties Monday newsletters so you know what's coming up in the week ahead. And you'll find a lot of discounts now from our affiliate partners there as well. So look for those. Coming up on Thursday, we are going to talk to one of my buddies, Sean Daly. If you haven't met Sean, he is he really dives deep into beginner um, character creation. So we're going to take it to our to our basic level at 101 series, and we'll keep the conversation going from Lori's beautiful words today to really, really how we begin with that character development. If you've never done this before, or if you just want to add to your character repertoire, uh, you won't want to miss it. Sean is a lot of fun. So thanks for being here, you guys, and good night. And thank you again, Shaquana and Lori, for joining Yay! us. Yay! Thank you, guys. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to another episode of VO Booth Besties. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast. Well, pretty much anywhere they're playing podcasts. And follow us on Instagram and Facebook so we can keep the conversation going. VO Booth Besties. Yeah, it's a thing. thing.